Hello everybody and welcome back to Random Topics. It is me, Jacob Andrade. It is Tuesday, therefore I make a podcast episode. Today I have special guest Jeremy Maresca. Did I say that right? You did, yeah. Yeah, thank you. Perfect. <laughs> Jeremy Maresca, he is an Italian young man, my age, 25. Correct? Correct, yeah. Correct. And he's in the lending field. He works for Prime Equity Mortgage. Uh, he is generous enough to give me his time and you his time. He is jam-packed with knowledge as he has uh, plenty of experience in the lending field. And today we're going to learn about Jeremy. Jeremy, how are you today? Good, good, yeah. Thanks Thanks for inviting me. Not a problem, Jeremy. I was actually um, excited to invite you over because I had Fred, I had Richard, Carlos, and you know they were kind of thinking like who else could we have in here and i was like i'm gonna get, i was like i'm gonna ask jeremy and they're like oh that's a good one <laughs> <laughs> they're like oh that's a good one so um okay so jeremy <clears throat> i want to get to know you better i do know you to a certain extent we've known each other for a couple weeks but i don't know you on a personal level so you know what you know let's start with your life story you know, where were you born and, you know, what family were you brought into and what was kind of like your, your journey from the very get-go? Where do I start? Okay, where was I born? I was born and raised in L.A., specifically uh, born in Bellflower, raised in uh, the Alhambra area. Um, and where did I go from? What was the next question other than where I was born, where I was raised? Or like what, what family were you brought into? You know, okay. what was it like? Um, with your family growing up, did you have like a hard life? Was it? Would you have a good childhood? Like, what was you know something along those lines? I, I think I think I had a, a a better childhood than than most. I can't complain. You know, like I had so my parents kind of separated when I was young, so I had kind of like two separate households, mm. and they're very very different. So I kind of take everything with a grain of salt. Very very different mindsets. So I had mm. to kind of come. When, when someone says something and someone says something else, play baseball, play football, go to this school, go to this school, you know, just kind of mm. had to see what, what the right decision was, kind of, mm-hmm. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, that makes um, sense. Mm-hmm. yeah, but pretty much um, always in the the LA area. And I wouldn't say I had a tough childhood. We weren't rich. We weren't poor. We weren't, we weren't homeowners either. That's a, that's another thing. It's mm-hmm. always so that's a, but I think I always had everything I needed. Okay, so you kind of feel like because your parents were separated, <clears throat> and what you said about you know different sports and opinions and taking things with a grain of salt. Are you saying you had plenty of people trying to pull you in a different direction? Kind of, kind of, not pull me in a different direction, but um, just different opinions, different advice. Okay. always kind of conflicting oh uh, see okay yeah. so so what i would what i would say is that you know when someone's in a certain household when they're raised a certain way whatever the family says is is all they know so that's kind of where they go but in your case you had conflicting things right so you almost had the the opportunity to choose exactly right so, my own truth on things right exactly yeah. so so that's good you know as as a child that's it's good to maybe did you recognize that as a child or did you not recognize that till you were older i i think uh maybe not as a child but as i started getting older then yeah i recognized that you were like two different you're like oh wow i had that or that was that's what what was Mm -hmm. going on okay so so tell me you told me you played football how did you get into that oh see i was i was in sports at like a really young age and I played a lot of sports and you know mom would want me in like swimming and and football and dad would put me in like wrestling baseball a couple other sports too and so I had kind of had I had to do a lot of different things there was no off season every off season was just another season for a different sport instead of like specializing on one thing but I guess it's kind of well-rounded okay um, did you play in so in high school did you play were you a triathlete did you play yeah what which sports were they uh it was track baseball and football track baseball and football 
Okay, yeah. so which one? Which one goes first? It's so track football. is football goes first, football. and then it goes, and then I think it was track and then baseball, baseball. Yeah, it is. Is track in the winter? No, no. Well, no, no. It's a little bit later. I think I honestly forgot. It's, it's confusing. <laughs> it's confusing with the with the baseball and track because I think they're a little think... conflicting. Oh, okay. Yeah. I bet. I bet. So, what was your main one was football? Yeah, eventually, like. I had to kind of commit to, to one, and then football is just more more fun to me. Right. Okay. I like that you said commit to one because we could tie that into business, right? <laughs> <laughs> commit to one. Okay. Now, so you 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 were you know you played multiple sports in high school. You 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 got more tied into football, and then, um, in college you played football, correct? Correct, yeah. And then something you said to me on the side, right, is that you, you had an interest to join the military? I did. You did, I did right? yeah. So and, go ahead. My my grandfather was, so my parents separate. My grandfather's kind of like my other dad, and he was a Vietnam vet. Nice. And I was like, right out of high school, I was thinking of joining the Marines, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of regret I didn't, but... It's okay. <laughs> but uh, I don't share that honor, you know, but um, the, the thing is that... My grandfather kind of talked me out of it. He's like, "So what do you?" He's like, he talked me into like, well, "How about you join the Air Force?" Mm. <laughs> and he had his reasons. And mm. I was like, "Okay, what do I want to do there?" And I was like, "You know, I think it would be really sick to fly fly planes, right? Mm-hmm. Be like like Top Gun." Mm-hmm. And then turns out you need a bachelor's degree, mm-hmm. or you need to be an officer to mm-hmm. do that. So mm-hmm. it's like, okay, so I'll go to school. Roads roads lead back to school. He's like, "Play play football. Go to school. Do that. Don't don't join the Marines." Talk me out of it, and then that's how I took that to that level. And your grandfather, what branch was he in Vietnam? He was in the army. Army, okay. army, yeah. So, Drafted. so lots of things I have to say, right? So, I I was in the Marines, and you went to college and played sports, right? I never went to college and played sports. I was really into wrestling in high school. I had to kind of make a decision, cut that off, join the military. Oh, I'm sorry, yeah, join the military. And never had the opportunity to really wrestle in college. I did after I got out, but, you know, different time period. Um, and here's my thing. You kind of live in this, not regret, but kind of like this state where you're like, you know, what if, um, you know, or what if, basically, right? But you have that college football experience, right? I have the military experience, but I don't have the college um, sports experience. So it ties into, everything ties in together. Mm-hmm. I was told by someone who quoted someone else they said you can have anything you want in life anything anything you want jeremy you can have it but you can't have everything so you have to pick and choose right so in your case that's what you chose that's what i chose um and and it even ties back to what you said about committing to one sport because you you could have anything you want but you can't have everything right and when it ties into business it's the same thing you kind of almost have to go all in in this industry. <clears throat> um, and you make sacrifices, even you with the gym, right? Now, nowadays, you do go to the gym, but you kind of had to make those sacrifices in order to have what you want, but you had to make that decision. And then in regards to your grandfather kind of guiding you and telling you, hey, you know what, you should probably join the Air Force and I'll give you reasons. My son, I don't want him to join the Marines. I don't. I know I went to that. I went to that. The only way my son could join the Marines is if he said, Dad, I want to be a Marine, and there's nothing you can say to change my mind. Great. Fucking go do it then. But if I have an opportunity to change his mind, I'm going to do it because it's, it's not fun. <laughs> it's really prideful, right? right? I could say I'm a Marine the rest of my life, but that's not to say it was a fun time. It was not a fun time. It was really shitty right <laughs> so yeah, yeah. um i could tell i could i could give you the, all the lists all the reasons just as much as your grandpa would so i would say if anything your grandpa had your back because he he knows right he's gonna he knows so he's gonna tell you as it as is especially when it comes down to the next generation you always want to leave that next generation with something maybe you didn't have for example if you have a a, a child a daughter or son I'm sure you're going to lay everything on the table for him or her to make sure that he or she doesn't make the same mistakes you do or that, that they live a better quality of life. Is that a fair assessment? Of course, okay. yeah. And I take it that's probably what your grandfather was trying to do to you. Mm-hmm. So, 
Now, in turn, um, in turn, I'm talking a lot right now, but in turn, maybe now that you sit here, you're like, dang, what if, what if that, or what if that, the other, but in your grandpa's head, he'd rather you think that than go through some other entity. So, um, no, I agree. But agree? would you, go ahead. you know, knowing what you know, would, would you change anything? Would you not have joined the Marines? I think that, it made you who you are, right? That's also a great point. And it all comes this is what I gotta say. It all, remember how I just said how if my child went up to me and said, there's nothing you can say, this is what I wanna do, I'm not gonna do it. That's the difference. Mm-hmm. That's the difference. So, so my point is, and now I'm getting a little tongue-tied, but my point is, do I regret me personally what I've been through? No, because I've learned a lot. And like you said, it, it's, made me, it's made me who I am. Um, but that's also not to say that my hindsight isn't 2020 and looking back I can make you know I could I could probably say it's probably better if you do things this way mm-hmm. this that and the other <clears throat> um, so no I don't regret it but it's because of because I was just like too prideful to kind of you know right there's helicopters I'm sure you guys could hear that um, so it comes down to the person man if, if you if you just don't care and you said that's what I'm gonna do, so of course you're gonna go through something like that. But it's it's so risky. Like it's not even worth it. Like in my yeah, opinion, exactly. if you that's talk to if you talk to uh, Eddie, uh, Richard's friend, not very much. No. Yeah. So um, Eddie told Richard, and Richard told me that he's been through like like real combat. Screw that. I me personally, I I, I got deployed to Syria and I conducted combat operations, right. All of my friends, including myself, we all came home good, all in one piece. Um, but there was still a risk factor. Eddie, Eddie was was more in the shit, more more stuff that I don't even want to talk about. It's yeah. like it was so bad that it's like, why would you put yourself in that situation? So that's probably why my grandfather probably talked me out of it. Exactly, especially with the Vietnam, mm-hmm. yeah, completely different time periods. Yeah. Um, nowadays, he didn't have a choice. He got he got drafted, yeah. didn't he? <laughs> he yeah, got right out of high school. Um, yeah, he didn't have. I think no matter which decision, though, whether it would be like you know Marines, Army, or or if it was football, both kind of would have taught me the discipline that dude. They both taught sports, discipline. discipline, military discipline, and business discipline. So it all carries over, right? You're doing really good with your business, mm-hmm. and you probably built really good habits through sports and 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 maybe maybe the gym or or what have you it's probably sports habits made those gym habits which made those work habits probably okay Not in that exactly. order. but it all comes down to exactly. sports right so yeah man it's funny that you say that because i learned a lot through sports with wrestling and i carry it over and it's been doing me good man so like it, it bothers me when people quit sports so if I have some sort of influence, I'm going to try and keep them. But if I can't, well, what am I going to do about it? But yeah. So, okay. So in your case, you went to college, you played sports and eventually you got into what you do now. How did that happen? Let's see. Story. Okay. Played football. Um, everyone has an expiration date on a football career. Uh, you know, started getting a lot of injuries tore my MCL, little little things, you know, as you get, when when the speed is faster and the people are heavier, you know, you start to get those injuries. It's like, oh, I played, so I was like seven years old, so I was like 14, like seven years, never any injuries. It's because, you know, the compacts, yeah. the impact's not, uh, the same. not the same. So then, yeah, things, accidents happen. So then after that, it was, it was, it was time to work. And then um, I was still going to school and then I started working and started getting into law enforcement. Mm. And that was something that was, probably because I had relatives in law enforcement, and it sounded fun. You know, put on that uniform, car, everything. It was fun. And it was fun at first, but then, and I did it for about about three or four years. At a certain point, it was like, you start to deal with the same, same stuff every day. Same stuff every day same stuff and then it kind of got I was like do I want to do this when I'm like 35 mm-hmm. and like okay maybe yeah uh, at first the next level like say like a deputy would the pay is good at first but then it doesn't get too much better 
mm-hmm. you know, over, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're kind of, you're, you and I would see all these other, like, law enforcement officers there a long time, and they seem like they kind of hated life in a way. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah, just, oh, yeah, it's like, I was excited about whatever we had to do. Yeah. But they were, they were a little bit, like. You almost, you almost were able to see your future. Exactly. And I was like, I don't want to end up like these guys just, you know hating life hating people in a way kind of not not everyone's like that but i think it kind of changes you not saying no, yeah. nothing bad about cops or anything like that but it, it's funny you say that because fred barrera when i had him on here yeah. he said the same thing you just said about being a flight attendant mm. he said can i can i see myself doing this when i'm 30 40 and he couldn't and you had that same thought and that kind of shifted you to think differently right 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 yeah okay so how did how did that tie into lending like how did that it, it didn't well actually before that i tried the realtor thing oh the nice realtor, i call it the realtor thing because gotcha. it, it was I your wasn't, realtor i wasn't serious then it was the realtor thing to me and and uh i don't think i had the the concepts that i have now it's like i was like 18 not not your age and it was like okay i mean if i do this and i have to wait this now you're telling me I have to work this, go all in, and now I don't get paid till then. At 18, it's oh, like, shit. Oh. maybe you don't have a lot of bills at 18, but, and then I was like, the law enforcement thing was like, oh, I do this. And, then, and you get paid. Yeah, it was, it was, I wasn't ready for that type of employment, okay. I guess. Okay, makes sense, makes yeah. sense. But at least I got a little exposure, and then, um, and then, you know, I think I had an opportunity with another lender who who um who was a friend my friend's dad he's like you try this um why don't you come try this side of it and i was obviously more mature older and then so i i came and i was like actually at first i i came a couple weeks i'm like okay this is interesting you know what i'm actually really interested in this because i got tired of you know no matter how hard you work you still get paid the same yeah, I could relate to that yeah. with the military, but go ahead. <laughs> but the law enforcement too, there's people who just kind of sit around, get paid, right? Wait and you know, you have to get that money. And, and 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 you know, where you're more proactive. Whatever I do, I was always like a hard worker. But um, and then you, you just don't see that result after. And I wanted something where you get what you put in. Yeah, type of thing. I was ready for that. Yeah, I got a little peak of it before, and then now I was kind of ready for it. Gotcha. And then what happened and then yeah so i came in and i literally quit what i was doing and and i went all in you quit the law enforcement yeah went all in with lending and that wasn't with prime it was with prime yeah okay got you how'd you get into prime equity mortgage through through uh, another uh his name was eddie espinosa he was he's my a friend of mine's dad and my good friend from high school's dad so he got me into it and and yeah and then that's where i met met Andrew I met David and then I saw you know okay the lending's cool but then then I saw how good lenders were working so I saw those habits you know? mm. and then those kind of that kind of rubbed off me that's why I kind of stayed even when the person who brought me in left got you yeah got you dang and then so and then how long have you been doing the lending aspect now uh, about two years two years now so that was about two years ago. So you got into lending at 23? 20, 20, 20, yeah, oh, yeah, 23. 23. 23, nice, right nice. when I, yeah, around. I think I just turned 24, actually, yeah. Nice. 23, yeah. Yeah, 23, <laughs> maybe just turned 24, but you also didn't just turn 24. <laughs> I'm about so. to be 26, too. Gotcha, so. so there it is, there it is, all, all the math, and the math adds up, right? <laughs> okay, so you've been in, you've been around for two years doing lending, and here's the thing, man. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I know a good amount of stuff on the sales side. You know a good amount of stuff on the, the lending side. The average person doesn't know much about really anything in regards to what we're talking about. So even stuff like FHA, VA, conventional, they have no idea. All they know is, well, if I need to buy a house, I need to get a loan, and then I'll, I'll, I'll be able to buy the home, right? But they don't know the basics, the fundamentals, like you do, especially with mm-hmm. two years experience, right? With, you know, repetition with your clients. So what, what I think we should talk about is, is, is your job, because I don't know much about your job. I learned stuff from you when I called you and through David as well. So I know there's stuff for me to learn from you. 
So I know there's stuff for the people listening to learn from you. So is there any like kind of like maybe quick tips or fun facts that you can um, maybe regurgitate or spit out that can help the the average listener? The average the average listener. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. So let's before I get like the thing I like about lending it's it's strictly real estate, but it's real estate finance, right? So it's it's a combination of what you guys do with a little bit of analytics behind it, right? A lot of numbers on the other, half and half. And uh, and I think, um, so you have to really know a lot and I'm constantly learning. I'm pretty sure even if you're doing this for 10 years, you're gonna, you're gonna be learning, learning. There's so much to learn. And mm-hmm. then that's why I like, there's no shortage of, you dive in 100%, you're still learning all these things. Oh, this is that, this is that different guidelines oh you can do this and and that's that really interests me mm. i think that's why most people when they think of real estate think of like a realtor right mm-hmm. or and and they don't think of the lending side because it doesn't get a lot of it's not probably the most exciting to most people it's not where the spotlight is it's not where the spotlight is but it's definitely a crucial factor very <laughs> crucial factor, right right you know yeah. what happens when you get a you know someone in escrow and then it's it's kind of all on that you know if the loan doesn't fund no one has a deal right exactly yeah but um i think most people think when they when they're gonna buy a house they think of like these big banks wells fargo right the average person chase and that's just because they have that brand out yeah but i think the thing that um i like about being a lender is that it's more personable especially where a wholesale lender where it's like you're not you have to, you know, you meet people and you just kind of find their needs and then you have so many options for them. So what do you, so lender. right there, right there, right there. You said wholesale lender. What's that? So a wholesale lender is, brokers it out to different conduits. So we, we work with, so like I said, most people think of like Chase, Wells Fargo, these branches you can walk into versus our investors, our banks aren't actually, um, they don't have a branch you can go walk into. Mm. They just rely on. They believe that the best way to get a loan is through a loan officer or a mortgage broker, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's more personable, mm-hmm. and and that's what they really believe. So they rely on them to bring them qualified buyers to connect them with their financing. So what we do is we basically connect people with the best financing for their situation. Okay. And we don't just have one set product. We're just, you know we have all these different conduits that. For some people who, you know, we meet someone, okay, I don't have any down payment. Okay, maybe there's someone who has a down payment assistance program. Or versus on the other side, I have 20% down, 800 credit, and, uh, you know, 10000 a month income. So they're probably going to get the best, best financing. Someone had the, the wholesale bank that is just does mortgages, by the way, who specifically has the best pricing for those, those type of clients. Or somewhere oh, okay. in the middle. I see what you're saying. So what you're saying is you get the client, yeah. you find their specific criteria and needs. You learn and their situation. And you so you learn their situation and you plug them into the correlating bank or whatever that's gonna best fit their needs. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah. So if there's somewhere in between, someone with average credit, you know, combination of, you know, maybe less down payment, then there's there's probably a best best bank. There's different loan programs, but I have different investors who are better with those types of loans that type of purchase okay makes sense it makes sense it does make sense so what i'm what i'm trying to understand is that a whole because you said you're, you're a wholesale lender and what a wholesale lender does is they they find the situation of a client and they plug him into the, to well, the we're, we're we're a brokerage and we work with over 50 different wholesale conduits oh. that just do mortgages so they actually they don't do credit cards, they don't do personal loans, checking savings. They, they have branch you go into. They just just do. mortgages, FHA, VA, conventional, uh, okay. which are you know okay. government so, loans and conventional. Yeah. So you 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 you're a mortgage you your entity is a mortgage broker that mm-hmm. takes that client's application and c- connects it with fifty different wholesale entities, and the best one that could best suit their needs is connected. Exactly. Okay. Gotcha. Exactly. Gotcha. So, so we we have a lot of, a lot of different options. So you come in, and depending on what your your, your you know what your 
you know file looks like uh-huh. what your you know your credit your your down payment then I can see you know, I have options for you versus if you went to like Chase Wells Fargo Bank of America it's just them it's like oh your credit's this this is what we have for you got you maybe 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 Wells Fargo has a better product than Chase for that person maybe right. Chase has a better product for a different person but yeah. you don't know because you went there and this is the product they don't know any better they just they go not that they don't know any better but they they go no no of, they no don't, they, they don't trust Chase's any. name Wells Fargo's exactly. name exactly and it's like oh this, so this is what I'm qualified for and that's my interest rate okay got you so their yeah. thought is okay whatever and they take it at face value without really mm-hmm. you know what's funny is i tell when i t- whenever i talk to prospects i tell them like you have to at least talk to at least two lenders at least at least mm-hmm. you know do yourself that um or if they're working with another realtor i'll tell them same thing you know it's it's who of you to talk to at least two Right, get a different, you know, opinion. To get a second opinion. Exactly. So, but in your case, it's you're getting fifty different opinions <laughs> because they go through you and get fifty different opinions, at least fifty or whatever the number is with wholesalers. Well, I, I you know, we give them one opinion, but we have more options for them. You know, gotcha. So, you know, like I would meet people who, like at an open house, say, and they're already approved with Chase. It's like great they're approved so i know i can approve them too uh-huh. and we're very competitive with you know our rates i know i have a i really believe so i'm not really feeling like i'm selling them anything i really believe they're better off working through one of my banks they're just not well known you know some of them are more well known than others like quicken loans you know i heard about do, them do you do you, have you ever seen a quicken loans bank you go to no i've seen the but you see they're just more known because there's a lot of banks like that just do mortgages um, so you know i know that there's a lot of these banks that people don't know about that have better financing for them than what they have so it's like come sit down give you a second opinion uh and chances are it's probably going to be able to save you money that's insane in the long term all right if you're listening to this please talk to jeremy <laughs> you know, if you if you're if you're pre qualified and you think you're good, um, please talk to Jeremy. Um, you know, the funny thing and the funny thing is people are reluctant to talk to maybe a second person. Worst case scenario, you just don't go with him. That's the worst case. Best case, they beat. You know, they they find you a better deal. And that's exactly what I tell people too. It's like well, two it's things like, are gonna happen. You're gonna find out that you have the you already have a good deal or you're gonna find out that there's a better thing a better option out there for you exactly most of the time it's that second part but so it's it's enough to at least inquire with you mm-hmm. right so that's that but is it depends so it depends i've had clients who say well you know actually i don't care who has the best rate i want to i want a big bank because like, it's, it's a trust issue maybe mm-hmm. you know, it's high trust selling so okay Maybe we have conduits for that too. Like, you know, maybe they know quick, the name Quicken Loans. That's a bigger bank or United Wholesale Mortgage or something like that. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, that that's that was their, their need and their want. That's what they wanted. Yeah. That's what they felt more comfortable with. Okay. Yeah. So it's like, you can't really convert them because of how committed they are. Or maybe it could be through their biases, opinions, or ignorance or whatever. Ignorance is, it has a negative connotation, but they just don't want to talk to anyone else. Yeah. So okay. It is what it is. Nice. That's that's good. Is there is there anything else? Like let's say would you be able to give a quick rundown with the different mortgage I'm sorry, uh, home loan types? Like just a quick summary. Because yeah, yeah. all I know is there's FHA, VA, conventional, uh Calvet, and then there's cash and then there's like hard money loans, right? Hard money loans. Is there any any more or Yeah, th- so those are the best loans, probably a VA loan. Probably another reason why I wish I <laughs> zero down and you no know, and then uh then there's no real other than that that's the best one you know the two best uh loans to buy a house are an fha loan which is federal housing administration that's a government loan and a conventional loan no one is actually better than the other it depends again what your your situation is guys it makes sense you know if if one's the fha loan is easier to qualify for mm-hmm. and um you can qualify for more and you could put less down Mm-hmm. But it's not the best long term, yeah. Because there's the, a there's a mortgage insurance which that's right. they complicate things. So the 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 payment's going to be higher for long term versus if you go conventional, a little harder to qualify, um, a little more down payment. But you know over the term of a loan, whether it's fifteen thirty years, it's you're going to save a lot more money. It's a better long term loan. Yeah, I understand so, that. Yeah, so, so, so. it's no problem with people buying with that FHA loan, putting low down, and then 
later going into a better program like refinance but, or something yeah yeah okay. it just depends you know after you build their file makes sense so for the people listening uh fha it's government backed there's mortgage insurance i believe it's called a mutual mortgage insurance or something like that right mortgage insurance premium is it is it mip yeah. mip or, okay. or yeah so or PA, that PMI. from my understanding you have to pay mip the entire length of the loan uh, you, you do not qualify to waive that off right however with conventional once you reach a certain uh, equity period you can you can qualify to waive the, the correct, insurance correct, off right so yeah so like what, what you said long term right so if with fha you have to pay that regardless and then fha eventually you can stop paying if you qualify and then you know save more money in the long run unless you refinance like you said and if if you refinance and if you qualify to refinance then you can get rid of that so that's a good that's a good point right so fha boom right there you have to pay that mortgage insurance the entire life of the loan and conventional you you may not even have to pay that if you put a big enough down payment am i correct 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 yeah and then if you if you put below is it 20 percent? so what what that is is insurance to the bank when like they're financing you know over 90 percent of this value of this house yeah so it's it's an insurance all about risk right it's risky yeah, yeah so if you come in with 20 percent down then automatically it's lower risk you have you yeah, know okay, I got you. Some, you know you're, in, you're a little bit more invested into this house you're buying mm-hmm. uh so then you wouldn't have in a conventional you wouldn't have any mortgage insurance yeah okay but that's just kind of like the the pros and cons of the two those are the two best um and then there's 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 a lot of different other programs you know what are you familiar with the is it naka program or maka or naka is like a neighbor or something yeah yeah okay uh daca no not oh, daca NACA. It, it's naka it's like yeah. neighbor something 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 yeah there's there's a lot of programs like that too they all have a slight catch okay know, a little catch to it you know they're, they're available but it depends you know what what your goal is you know if there's there's like like the down payment assistance it sounds good um, but your payment's really high and I can qualify for as much. So mm. some people even might want to do that type of program, even when they have the down payment, but you know, after, you know, they sit down and we go over the different scenarios and they see, okay, maybe it's best. I, I explain to them why it's best to just put a down payment. Exactly. You know, but if people just don't have any down payment trying to buy a house, there's programs for that. Okay. And there's a lot of other non qualifying mortgage programs that you can still buy a house with, you know? With you know just your bank statements, um, just one year, one year of taxes, um, a lot of a lot of them, a lot of non QM programs. Got you. I see what you're saying. It's all it's all situation based. So mm-hmm. someone where they where they don't have enough for a down payment for them, it's probably m- most beneficial to take advantage of something like that. But say the next person, they're able to put a down payment, right? So they'd be better off putting that down payment than than you know uh, committing to a down payment assistance program right right um so it's all situation based and it depends maybe someone needs to buy a house their lease is up you know they don't they really just want to buy a house now and they're not too worried about qualifying for a really high amount um but they just don't they have good credit they have good income and they want to buy a house but they just don't have down payment saved gotcha. so then then maybe that they fit that yeah. box gotcha, gotcha you know gotcha. if they if they if they don't have if they have bad credit if they have no down payment saved. They have very low income. Then they might not, you know. Okay, got. They probably won't qualify for something exactly, like that, exactly, right? Yeah. Okay. It all makes sense. Yeah. When you have someone like Jeremy in your corner. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, all right. So, I mean, is there anything else you want to say in regards to lending? Lending. lending. That you could maybe like spit out, like, because I feel like we're wrapping up the the quick tip, fun fact part about lending. Is there so? Is there any other quick tips or fun facts you'd like to say about lending? There's a lot of them. There's a lot of them. Okay. Yeah. Um, no, but yeah, yeah it's hard no. to you know. That that's why you know I really you know it's good to sit down and 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 talk to your client, ask them a lot of questions, find out what 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 they like, and then you can find you know find out what they want, mm-hmm. and then you can then I can kind of plug in, you know, a, a solution for them, get creative for them, mm. you know, to see, get them what they need. Okay. So I, I feel like the overall sense, mate, you're giving me is that every person's situation is so unique. It's best to kind of dig, dig deep into their situation and give them the best advice. You yeah. Can, right. Yeah. Cause you could, you could sit here and just say whatever you want. Right. But 
it's different when you find that person and really dig into their situation where you can give them the best value. Yeah. Okay. I think it, if you want to really break it down to, to someone, simplify it, um, it's just income, savings, and credit. No matter where you go, no matter what type of loan you get, where you get it, you know, direct retail lender or wholesale lender, um, it's always broken down to your income, your savings, and your credit. Combination of those three will tell you, you know, we'll, we'll bring the totality of the, that file and nice. what's what you're qualified for or what's the best financing for you. Nice. That's good. You simplified it. You dummied it down. <laughs> I forget what the quote is, but it, I think it's, um, if you can't explain it simply, then you don't understand it enough. And you just explained it simply. Yeah, I've had some very, very kind of complex scenarios. Mm-hmm. And then I always just result, result, go back to that. You know, so what's the income? How much do they have saved right here? Is it nothing saved? Low down, a lot of savings. Uh, and then what's their credit score? And, gotcha. And then from there, you can right there. That's that's pretty much it. Break it down. So those three, you'll never get lost. Those are your fundamentals. Mm-hmm. That's dope. That's dope. My job, I have to find the right house, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to find right. their dream home. Yeah. Yeah. The, the beauty is, is you got you know you guys do all that that back end math, um, you know, s- scenario based stuff, and then once they're pre qualified, then they they get you know turned to us, and then from there it's the home search. You know, it's like which one, and then it's it's like if they say that oh, I don't like this house, it's like well, what do you not like about this house? Uh, it's too small. Okay, so this one's fifteen hundred square feet, so we should. So and then now you're, you're finding out their needs yeah, and wants. So you got to narrow it down. So it's like, then they're like, hey, Jacob, I want to see this house. You'd be like, wait, wait, this one's 1,500 square feet. You said the last one was too small. Are you sure you want to see this home? And then from there, they can be like, oh, never mind. Or if they say yes, then suddenly square feet's not an issue. So right. So you kind of like corner them. Exactly, exactly. So same same here. So for me, it's like what's, what matters most is it is it lowest down payment? Is it qualifying for the highest purchase price? Is it lowest mortgage payment, lowest interest rate? That's where I, those are the questions because oh, it's all gotcha. the numbers, right? Gotcha. And then once we know the budget, then they go find their dream home with you, and you're asking those questions, right? Like, yeah. how many bedrooms you want? You yeah, know, they're there. <laughs> what style home? What neighborhood? Yeah. Uh, the distance from work? It all yeah. kind of correlates. It, what's funny about this market is people have to like cut off those little nitty gritty stuff, like yeah. home style, and not bedrooms and baths. That's that's like a that's like a for sure. But stuff like maybe 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 condition of the home or or even things like lot size like they're willing to cut off because it's so competitive that they don't have that they don't have the luxury of of being uh, picky. Yeah, there's not a lot of supply right now, right? You'd say exactly. Yeah, not a lot of homes. Not a lot of homes for sale. I guess another tip that benefits you know your clients and my clients would be them. Most clients try to do things the backwards way. Let's go oh, yeah. see the houses, right? Yeah. And then let's go get qualified. Yeah. Right? Is it no. a little frustrating? So it is frustrating, but right now I'm coming to an understanding that, that people are emotional and they act on emotion. So yeah. logically speaking, we could say this is the process, right? And then you say it's, it's ass backwards or flipped. In, not in order, but for the most part, in order for me to get someone to talk to you, they have to be emotionally attached to something to want to talk to you. Yeah. Because they don't want to talk to a lender. They don't care. They just want to see houses. So if house. I get a lead, I'll be like, oh, hey, I, you know, I saw you were looking at this home. When can you see it? Today. Great. Let's go see it. We see it. They fall in love with the house. They're like, what do we need to do to get this house? Now they're ready. You got yo, you to talk to Jeremy or you got to talk to David. Great. When can I talk to him? Can you talk to him in 30 minutes? <laughs> you know? right. And then they're talking to you because they want the home. Yeah. Now, they're probably not going to get that home. But the, the point is they have this drive to talk to you because they have an emotional attachment to wanting to Because there's a want. Mm-hmm. So you say it's as backwards, and it is. But it, it, it almost has to be that way, especially when you're new. Yeah. Because, because when you're new, you can't really... You can't really be picky with your clients. You got to kind of grab and latch onto what you Take got. Take some risk, right? Like exactly. Go show them a house, even though they don't know. You don't know, but hey, know who working. knows? Who knows, right? <laughs> and then boom, we shoot them to you, and then next thing you know, they're qualified or they're not, whatever. But we got that out of the way. Um, and that's what it's like for someone that's newer in the business. When when you start becoming more high productive, you can start projecting things and cutting off the bad leads, right? Someone like Richard, he's not going to waste his time 
uh, meeting some random client at a house, right? He had plenty of business in his book where he could narrow down and work with good quality leads. Someone like myself or someone else that's new, you almost have to take that risk because what else, what else are you going to do? You know, continue to prospect, right? You can continue to prospect, but in that moment in time, that's the best thing to do. So it, in turn, it looks like it's ass backwards. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. All right. People, people like, you know, they're, they're emotional. I had a friend who wanted to buy a house and said, come get qualified, come get qualified. And then it's nothing, nothing. And then I, I just send this, I already knew it was outside of his budget. It's yeah. a really nice house on Zillow. Oh, yeah. It's the pictures. Hey, check this one out. By the beach. This house. <laughs> it's nice, right? And then it's like, oh, and then right away, he just sends everything I need to start building as Because well. it's that, emotional. That, yeah, even though I knew a little white lie that he wasn't going to qualify for something like that. People um, are, are emotional. It, it kicks, it, it motivated him. Yeah. yeah. So, and you know, it's funny because I didn't know this before the industry. For some reason, I had this picture. that was like, I'm selling houses. So houses is the, the issue. I should know everything about houses. I should know the architectural style. I should know how it's built. I should know square footage. I should know stuff. Real time, it's all about the person. Mm-hmm. It's all about the site. Because at the end of the day, like if I'm going to sell this house, my first barrier is the person. I got to, hi, my name is Jacob. I read blah, 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 blah. And get through to him in order to sell the house. So what's really important, the house or the person? The person. So, and how do you get through the through to the person is understanding how a person works emotionally. How can you get them to make decisions through emotion? So, like what you said with the with relationships, the, right? Building relationships. Building relationships. And if you want to get really like amp- apathetic or unemotional, it's more. It's almost like a hack. Like you already know how they're going to react when you say a certain thing, where it's like boom, boom, boom. He does this, and then on to the next one. Mm-hmm. But relationship is is a strong point because as soon as you build a relationship with the person, they're loyal to you. They're not gonna leave. Yeah, I think you know starting out, your biggest like uh, one of your biggest assets is that you 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 have the time in a way you're still busy to give your clients extra attention. Yeah, and okay. they, they they I think they 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 can sense the. The being genuine, you know, the genuine and service. So this is like, a yeah, a really experienced realtor might have all these these clients and might neglect someone. Yeah, and, and they, they feel it. Even if they he's have, has all these numbers, then they, they the someone who's giving them that attention, that's what they want. I think, right? That's exactly what they yeah. want. Yeah. So that's kind of your biggest uh, benefit in the beginning. Gotcha. Is that you have the time to give. Right. Right. And and people notice. People yeah. do notice, bro. People tell me all the time, like, hey, I like that you respond quick. Um, I like that. Yeah, pretty much it all wraps around responding quick because you're giving them that time, that that service. Where it says, say someone that's busy, they can make those decisions to cut certain people off or not give them as much attention, and then they notice. They notice. And same same with the lending side. Like, okay, yeah, we're my my conduits are all wholesale. They just do mortgages, so they have really low interest rates, lower than the big banks that you think of. That's that's a no brainer, but people don't really always you don't really sell numbers. You sell those emotions. It's like right I there. sell the service. I I like I, I don't can't control what the rates are because you can't. I mean, that's just the way the market is. Generally, my rates might be lower, but um, you know if they go up or down, that we can't control in general. Exactly. So but they they like the service you exactly. provide. Exactly. It's right. like so I'll be like this is you know call your you could call your lender at Wells Fargo on the weekend. Not gonna get on the true, line true. after five p.m. Like there's no personable stuff. Exactly, exactly. Uh, yeah. So, and uh, I think you know that's that's what's actually I think I've built a lot of cl- or retained clients who are already qualified and chose to come with work with me because they've actually I've got those comments like oh I just like you know I just like your tone on the phone like you sound like very sincere I think you know I definitely want to come come meet with you instead of. You know this bank I've been working with Words online. Numbers, or, numbers. Yeah, yeah. That's why it's real personable. So sitting uh, down and going over the numbers is always that's that's a good one, dude. Because in Richard's business card, he has like three words, and personable is one of them. Personable. Uh, yeah. I didn't even really understand it when I read it, but now that you explain it, I, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. That's yeah. insane. You actually, listen. Okay, like if you say, "Oh, I'm looking for," what's the first thing? I'm looking for a three-bedroom house. Okay, maybe, and then I'm looking for a house in this area. You're going to show them houses in this area. 
but it's a two bedroom or are you going to go show them a three bedroom house in maybe another area the, mo- the thing that they want is a three bedroom house right yeah like, i got that's you the most important thing so yeah you... it shows that you you you've been paying attention and that you're actually trying to service them. exactly once you fall back on what what they say they want then they then you you won't go wrong i think got you dang all right great podcast so far um so i want to wrap up the podcast um i like to i like to ask the same questions do you have any books that you would recommend um to people in our business probably yeah yeah sure yeah um and it was actually referred to me by um by my mentor, David Martinez, also a lender, and it sits right there in his office. It's called High Trust Selling. High Trust. Selling. High Trust Selling. Yeah. By who's it by? Do you know? By um, Todd Duncan. Todd Duncan. High Trust Selling. Anyone who's I don't consider what I do selling. Of course. I don't consider myself a salesman. I have no salesman ex- expertise, but uh, I definitely. Yeah. Once you, it, it goes back to you know why why meeting in person with your clients why finding out what they really want is important and then and then it's all about trust yeah got you yeah okay yeah so i would i would recommend that book but audible audio i listen to audible so i'm gonna listen to that yeah trust i didn't write it down but i have it recorded (laughs) if you haven't yeah definitely i haven't i haven't um okay yeah i'll definitely get on a uh a shot um, is there any apps in your phone that are that you would recommend? If you don't, that's fine. But like, do you have like an app in your phone that's like this is really good? Hmm. Not really. App in my phone. Yeah, I have this app called Clear. It's a to-do task thing. It's like mm. five dollars, but it's like super easy. You could like type in whatever and like check it off. All your tasks on there. Yeah. Hmm. Is, is is there any apps that you use or not really? Not not for not for uh, like business too much. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I always carry on my computer, so everything's on there. On like my, a calculator. I, I do have a like a big calculator, and obviously the calculator on my phone. Gotcha. But I have a big calculator too. Mm-hmm. You know, but um, but yeah, um, no, not really. I, I would I wouldn't say okay. anything specifically. And that's that's fine. Yeah. That's fine. Okay, and then, um life advice well like you Jeremy if I said hey Jeremy what's your best life advice you could give me <laughs> right? yeah, let's yeah. say let's say I'm, I'm 16 and I, I go to you right now you're 25 I say hey Jeremy I'm about to answer life here soon what, what's the best advice you could give me <laughs> you know mm-hmm. and I'm putting him on the spot but go ahead no no it, it, it might sound cliche but but um just just consistency with with what you're passionate about, I, I know it sounds cliche. No, I agree a thousand, <laughs> and and, it, and it's probably with with like I, I correlate a lot of things to like maybe fitness mm-hmm. because like um, you don't see results like over over time, right? You don't see okay, uh, I, I worked out or the version of you that skipped the gym, you know, twice that week that worked out twice that week versus the version of you that got exercise and, gotcha. and ate healthy uh you know five times a week is gonna not at first you're not gonna see it like like a step from here to here is not far but then it doesn't look like a distance right there but then when you take put time or consistency there's there you start to separate uh, you know you start to separate I see right what there. you're saying so the consistency allows you to grow at a further distance in the long run Right, right. In the short term, you don't notice those things, but in the yeah. long run, then you do. It's good to set good habits early, gotcha. and then be consistent. You're not gonna, but so over that's time, yeah. that's with exercise, that's with knowledge, that's with everything. food, um, relationships, everything. What you have you? Get rich quick, or get get fit quick. It's not gonna happen. You know, it's the everyone. Or yeah, no one wants to do it slowly. Right, and then that's where maybe it's at. if something does happen quickly, it, you know. I give it. Got to take it away. It's gonna probably gonna easy Shoot come down. easy go. Yeah, there easy it is. Come, easy, easy come there easy go. go. Okay. Yeah, and then more likely. consistent, more conservative, more real, is more stable. Exactly. Yeah. Right there. That's it's gonna good. compound too. Compound effect. Yeah. Have you have you read that? I book? I haven't read that book yet, but I know. I read about. it. It's exactly what you're just saying. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. 
Yeah, he just words it differently and stuff. But it's it's really good book. It's a really good book. I recommend it. Um, so I'll I'll listen to Hydra Selling and you listen to the Combat of <laughs> Okay, it's just something you you really want, like you're really passionate about. Just be consistent with it. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Regardless of what it is, right? Regardless, it, what have, it, is. it could be guitar. It could be it, it uh, could be making music or you know trying to be trying to yeah, get good at something or video games. It doesn't matter. But the, the, video the games. consistency is is consistent throughout the all. Mm-hmm. Beautiful, beautiful, Jeremy. Yeah. <laughs> Simple, but it's true. Exactly. All right, so that's gonna wrap up the the podcast episode. Again, Jeremy, thank you one thousand times over for for coming over and giving up your time to spread the word with all the stuff that's in your your brain, the knowledge. I didn't know stuff that you said, right? So I'd imagine whoever's listening didn't know either. Um, so thank you thank you again thank you again thank you again this is going to be in the records forever right when we all die someone's going to listen to this <laughs> right it all gets documented um so so yeah thank you for for coming uh do you have any last things to say before i cut off the no no thanks for having me this is fun maybe we can yeah. do this again some other time in the future oh for sure yeah. for sure yeah Every, everyone i have over has fun it's it's always fun yeah it's always fun and we could always reflect back on this in the future all right and thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you guys for being loyal follower, or followers and listeners. And thank you guys for for listening all the way up until this point. All right. Till next Tuesday. Tuesday. Um, hopefully you guys come back. Hopefully you guys recommend the podcast to a friend or family member. Hopefully you guys recommend Jeremy Maresca for your lending needs. Um, where can they contact you? What's what's your you know your social media or your email if someone wants to reach out to you? Instagram, uh, JM underscore mortgage. JM underscore mortgage. Email, jmareska at pemtg.com. Okay, and we're, and we're located in Southern California, uh, LA County, San Bernardino County, Orange County, Riverside County. Jeremy can help you out. <laughs> All right, and if, and if you're looking for anything real estate related, I can help you out as well. All right, um... So yeah, if you could leave this podcast a good rating, that helps me out. And other than that, thank you and have a great rest of your life. Adios.